Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. My name is Mike Perry, and I'm here with the man, the myth, the master, the DOE, the guy, the ABC, the NBC, the CCD, the SOS, Brett Jones. How you doing, buddy? Fabulous. There's one more acronym that we'll talk about off air. Um, <laughs> There's several. I, that, I, that, that I, won't, I, won't, uh, I won't use on air, because then I'd have to explain it and... Uh, I don't want to, it's, it's Samuel L. Jackson would appreciate it. That's oh, all I'm going to say. There you go. Um, um, but yeah, things are good, you know, work, busy, talk, busy, nice, eat, sleep, train, repeat, you know, that's it. Sounds like a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. So this morning I was, you know, farting around on, uh, on Instagram, like I do in between clients and, uh, it was like a video and this is kind of where that little intro came, came up, uh, came about the guy like walking down a flight of stairs and he falls like, <laughs> and he just keeps on tumbling. And someone's like, that guy tore his ACL, his MCL, his NBC, his ABC. <laughs> I'm just going to throw something dumb in there. But man, it was one of those falls. You go, you're like, Oh, something Ooh. definitely broke on that one. And that individual is far from athletic because they just, they just fell <laughs> and didn't even like, no reaction hands didn't go out it was just like thump. it was like a tree falling it's like Ooh, that's a good one but uh but anywho um so today's topic is is actually um sort of derived from a post i had working with some some younger athletes and uh really the overarching theme is creativity and um you know when is it appropriate to focus on creativity but also when uh does creativity go too far and perhaps actually pull us away from, from our specific goal and, and gosh, in the industry, right? Our industry. I mean, you can go on Instagram, TikTok. What's the other one? Facebook. You can see how much I use social media and you can see exercises that you've never seen before. And heck, you've put some stuff together. You've came up with exercises that no one has ever seen. Same thing with me. Um, but I think the main difference is, is those exercises, those exercises are coming about through kind of just understanding the principles and, and having a really, really solid knowledge base. And, and I don't want to say that those, those things come about by accident, but a lot of the times when you're, you're trying to be creative, but it's in the context of having good principles, that's when good things happen. But I think a lot of the times people are just trying to be creative for the simple fact of being creative and in the world of health and fitness, that can be a slippery slope, man. hundred um, percent. I, I always come back to the quote we have in the uh, strong first manual uh, from uh, uh, special forces. Uh, the elite are just better at the basics than everybody else. And knowing that uh, for a martial artist or a boxer, you know, they get in a fight or a situation, there's two or three techniques that they're going to pull out of the bag because they know they can execute them uh, re regardless of what anybody does in front of them. Um, 
so I think the drive to be seen from a social media standpoint has almost created a, a really next level um, push within the industry to do something that catches attention, that gets a bunch of views. Um, I put a, I put a, a, one of the workouts I'm playing with right now is a doing a, a dead swing every 20 seconds and using the 56 kilo. I put one of those videos on Instagram the other day and it's got like 17,000 views, 17, 18,000 views. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a swing. Hmm. Um, but, but it's a heavy swing. It's, it's, no, it's, no, it's, seriously. It's, if you did that yeah. same thing with a 16, no one would give a damn. And, and yeah. that's it because, but so look, that's the entertainment piece, right? Like, like people yeah. are entertained because they see a dude swinging a heavy kettlebell. So they're like, wow. So that's, what's bringing them in. So, um, but you weren't doing it to be creative. <laughs> like, I mean, you were being creative, but your main goal wasn't to get 17,000 views from a kettlebell swing. Your main yeah. goal was correct me if I'm wrong, to start a little bit of trial and error based off of science and, and experience and try to create a new swing protocol. Right. You're not trying Definitely. to create a new swing. <laughs> no. And I think what you see from um, a lot of people is the the creativity is, um, I think it comes from a couple of different areas. Sometimes uh, just don't know how to make progress. So when you don't know how to make progress, you go in the direction of of this constantly changing movement pattern creativity um, direction and, and that's that's not to be overly harsh or to say that movement exploration isn't a good thing um i i think you have to hit a, a midpoint uh between those two things and uh, i would slant heavily towards uh, maintaining a focus on the basics versus trying to be overly uh creative uh so I, yeah and that and I think that uh, there's yeah again it's just that social media need to be seen uh, sort of thing. So you know doing something, you know taking taking a lightweight and and playing around with some different uh, patterns. You know cool, but yeah I, I would rather focus on my clean, my press, my squat, yeah, my swing, snatch, etc. Yeah, I mean and again. We're not saying you shouldn't be creative, but if you do have specific goals, um, a bunch of creative things may not get you there in the quickest fashion. And, um, you know, I, I think as coaches, we need to be able to provide context as to when or, or, or when you shouldn't be creative. And I'm not trying to say you should, like you should be creative, but like, look, if you're playing a very, very competitive game with, you know, maybe it's a championship game in high school and you know, it's the final play of the game. Like you're going to do something that you've done over and over and over again, that you've practiced and rehearsed to hopefully get the outcome that you're looking for. You're not going to go, Hey, I saw this on Instagram and we're going to try it now <laughs> because you know, um, that it's, you know, it, it's probably not going to work, but here's the reality. If it does work, you are the hero. If it doesn't work, you are an absolute moron that will go down in history as someone who ruined that game. Look at Bill Buckner from the Red Sox. Seriously, right? Yeah. That guy, no one knows. I guarantee you, if you ask anybody about Bill Buckner, they're not going to talk about his career before the ball went through his legs. <laughs> they're going to go, that's the dude that ruined the game and lost it for us. That unfortunately it's the way it is. And, and that's, that's the harsh reality of a lot of this stuff. Right. And, and that's the stuff that we're dealing with. 
and it's really, really tough. But, um, and Bill, look, I'm not mad at you if you hear this podcast. I know you're a big fan of the podcast, but it's not your fault. I love it. And if, if that, he is listening, hi. That, did you did you get the goodwill? Did you get the goodwill hunting part of that? Yes. Thank you. I thought you did because I saw, <laughs> but I was just making sure because that's a, a solid line, solid part of the movie. I love it. Um, yeah, I think that um, now for me, when I'm training people, if I'm going to go in the direction of movement, creativity and, and, and things like that, I'm usually doing it as part of like the movement prep ground-based movement exploration um you mentioned the you know the video where the the person fell like getting a little bit of tumbling and and rolling into uh the warm-up for a variety of age clientele uh students and clientele um is really important because knowing how to fall uh is actually a, a a tremendous skill to work with people on uh i do things like indian clubs indian clubs open up um, once you get, uh, some of the basics, uh, done, that's an area where you can explore and have fun and start, um, playing around with some of the, the wrist patterns and the more, uh, creative, um, artistic style of, of club swing, um, can, can get involved there. So that those are the areas where I go for a little bit more creativity, movement, exploration, uh, making sure that we are getting that a lot of that multiplanar uh, movement in, stimulating that vestibular system. Um, yeah, that's definitely something that we run into uh, later in life. We you know get get somebody in the in the door that hasn't exercised in thirty years and they haven't stimulated their vestibular system very much uh, in that thirty years. Um, that's a problem. Like it, it and you know something that that you're going to need to be aware of. So I, that's, that's more the direction I go with movement creativity. Um, when I'm loading the body and we, you know, probably mentioned this before, but like something as simple as a two arm swing with a little over speedy centric, I can start generating with a 24 kilo bell. I can start generating three to three and a half times body weight eccentric load in that bottom position. Um, that's a lot of force. I don't know if that's the time when I want to be creative. And I want to be trying to load from multiple planes. Um, I think that's where I want to be strong and I want to want to be consistent in my, in my loading. Um, so when, when we talk, you know, something ballistic or something heavy, um, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of the basics. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and look, I think, you know, creativity in, in my book I think belongs at the beginning for a warm up, right? I think there's a bazillion different ways that you can warm someone up. And there really is. Like, obviously, you know, if you're, you know, you're looking into joints and biomechanics, there's that's another conversation, but there's a bunch of different ways to heat the body up and get the body prepared. Um, especially if you don't have any glaring sort of movement asymmetries, you can, I don't want to say you can do just about anything, but, you know, you can do a lot of different things. And if you take, you know, your joints through a full range of motion, you know, a handful of times and then lift, you're probably going to be okay. So for me, you know, having a little bit of fun, doing a little bit of movement exploration is really, really fun. And in, in the world of jujitsu, like a lot of the times we'll start up, you know, and the first round will just be five minutes of movement and, uh, you know, movement and catch and release and flow rolling. And it's really just being creative. Um, but with a, with a, uh, 
with essentially a dance partner, right? Or a training partner. But it's, I say dance because it is kind of like a leader and a follower. If you start to move away, the individual that you're training with is going to hopefully understand what you're trying to do. And if they don't, then they're probably not a good training partner because if they move the wrong way, uh, especially in jujitsu, um, things can, things can break. So, um, but I love the idea of just, uh, being able to, to just warm up and have some fun and just do something a little bit different. And also the athletes love it. Um, you know, anytime you can do something different that just engages them or makes it a little bit more fun. But again, if the outcome is, is they're ready to train? Fantastic. So um, I think creativity is awesome at the beginning. And I think the movement prep or even the beginning of practice, just to maybe loosen, loosen up the environment, or maybe it's a new group of kids in which um, they haven't had the opportunity to really, you know, spend time with one another. That's a great time to put together a game where they have to be creative and work together. So they get to know each other as well. So there's, there's several different ways in which you can approach that. But, um, you know, I think another thing that I've seen with these sort of creative based exercises in the, um, in the fitness industry is you see a lot of combination exercises and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with combination exercises, but quite often there's always going to be some sort of limiting factor from a strength, a strength standpoint. So for example, if you're doing walking lunges with a curl, right? Is it a bad exercise? No. Do I program it? No, I don't. I just don't. It's just not, not something that I program, but here's why. If I want to get someone's legs and grip strong, I'm just going to do some walking lunges, some traditional walking lunges. Okay. Because at a certain point, if those lunges get really heavy, let's say maybe over 40, 45 pounds, the limiting factor is going to be the ability to curl it. Right. So you might be someone that can lunge a hundred pound dumbbells in each hand, but are you curling them? No, because so you have to look at each combination exercise and determine what the limiting factors are. But here's the cool thing about combination exercises is done with coordination and light loads. It can be a really good warm up, but you have to understand the context and uh, you have to understand um, how to sync it together without smoking someone. Um, but I would even argue that people that implement those combination based exercises probably, or hopefully have a decent amount of movement competency. So they know that the boxes are getting checked with those combination based exercises. Definitely. Uh, I think that, uh, and people, we talk about this in terms of iron cardio, the, the, the limiting factor in, in something that basic is the press. Mm -hmm. You're usually going to be able to squat way more. Um, which, and when, when people have that, well, this isn't enough for my legs, we just go double bell. And, uh, now the loads, you know, get to the point where the squat is challenged. Um, and, but yet we can either go alternate press, um, or the double press, um, because it, it's, uh, you're usually able to press more, um, with one bell. Um, the, the press becomes less of an issue. Legs get loaded. Um, so that's a great point on on creativity and and what's your goal? Um, and you know, Mark Verstegen a long time ago uh, warned uh, everybody about the dangers of intertraining, uh, trying to entertain while you train. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's where the warm up comes in. That's where you can do some fun stuff. You know, at the end, you know, if somebody wanted to be, you know, do a bunch of different things and and maybe get smoked, I my my out was always battling ropes. Mm -hmm. Well, get let's get to the end of the session and let's break out the ropes. And now you can do a bunch of different patterns. We can we can be creative with how we're moving around and doing things. And then uh, you know, we just uh, uh keep um 
the focus on the basics and and make sure somebody's loading themselves appropriately, you know, in, in that. Um, so, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, as you start to coach creativity um, or do something that's a little bit different. And I, I see this a lot when I'm coaching Indian clubs, there is a level of precision that we're looking for and, and we want things to be done in a, in a certain way. Um, so even though we're trying to open up some creativity, there's still some, some guidelines, there's still some boundaries that we're trying to operate, operate in. And, uh, so coming back to that compliment sandwich, being able to give somebody some praise, um, um, this will sound like it's not related, like most of the things that I have to say, but just bear with me for a second. Um, you know, my wife and I have, uh, we, we really like this, uh, TV show called alone. And so 10 contestants get dropped off basically in the middle of nowhere and they're alone. There's no camera crew. They're given about 70 kilos of camera equipment to manage, but they film themselves out in the wilderness surviving. They're dropped off with 10 survival items and they film themselves and, you know, they have to do it. And this person um, mentioned um, in, in her uh, video, she mentioned, you know, never feeling good enough, never feeling like what she did was good enough. That is an awful place to be. That is a, a damaging, horrible awful place to be. Um, and I, I pick up on this when I work with people um, who are constantly, they're, they're constantly down on themselves, berating themselves. So if you're going to start coaching creativity, you have to be careful not to start to wander into those overcorrections and, and coming after so you're, you're trying to be creative. Why are you giving me all of these corrections? Um, and you never, you don't want them walking away from that experience thinking, well, I'm this God that I'm just not good at this or I suck at this or, you know, whatever people, you know, self-talk they, they use with themselves. So you need to be, you know, careful as you, as you coach creativity. Um, well, I think you need to be careful coaching <laughs> from beginning to end um, and, you know, keeping things in a positive, you can give direct feedback. Uh, Mike uh, embellishes the story slightly, but uh, you know, one of our first experiences together, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> me providing some direct feedback on uh, some of Mike's technique of many years ago. And, um, you know, but you know, you, you're able to, we're still friends. Um, and, uh, you know, we about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shouldn't have brought that up again. huh? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that, uh, that, that ability to uh, be positive, give appropriate feedback and, have somebody build confidence in what they're doing is key. Yeah. And, and again, the context is huge. And, and I think, again, it's just like it, honestly, it's just coaching. And, and I, and I feel like, you know, as I get older and uh, as I start to work uh, with, you know, different populations, but I get, as I get more into sort of coaching a sport, um, you know, I think it's even more important to understand how to communicate and coach, especially with young kids, because they're very impressionable. And um, some kids, uh, you give them a cue or you tell them feedback, they may go home and cry their eyes out. And you'll never know about it because some kids are super, super sensitive. So you have to be very, very aware. And, and, and I think with kids, you absolutely have to, um, you know, speak in the positive. But I, you, you do have to understand creativity and and when when you should be doing that. And I think it goes, and it's a communication thing, whether you're coaching adults or whether you're coaching kids or whether you're in the gym or, or you're on the field. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with doing things that are fun or even, you know, uh, creating things, but just make sure that it's safe and it's based off of principles. And then, and then you can go from there. And, um, you know, when I think about adults, right. And we see this a lot, I, I 
you know, people come in, what about this exercise? Or what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this person on the internet? And, and I'm like, look, I said, and I'm always honest with people. I'm like, you know, we run our groups the way we do for a specific reason, right? We warm up the way that we do because we know a lot of people come in with limitations. So we spend a lot of extra time on mobility. When it comes to strength training, we use compound movements and uh, we try to pick movements that are going to give you the most bang for your buck. And yes, you need to repeat those movements weekly if you want to get strong. There needs to be a consistent load and a consistent exercise if you want to get progress, right? But then from a metabolic conditioning standpoint, that's when we have a little bit more fun, quote unquote fun, because there's a difference between exercising and burning calories to try to maybe lose weight and training and conditioning for a specific athletic based performance, right? So look, if you want to have fun and burn calories, you can go to Zumba and do that. And there's nothing against Zumba. Some people have lost a ton, a ton of weight doing it and they're having fun. But if you want to get really strong, I don't think Zumba is going to cut it. It's just a reality, right? And, and again, I'm not, not picking on it, but there's certain things that are good for certain things. And if you want to get really strong, you should probably deadlift. If you want to get really fast, you should sprint a lot, but you have to understand whatever you're choosing, there's going to be limitations on it. And there's always going to be something within whatever you choose that there's going to be a better way. And as long as you understand it and you understand what that is going into it, you're going to be good. I remember a long, long time ago where um, we had a we had someone that was really into yoga and, and she was strong and she could do some pretty impressive body weight things. And... Um, someone had asked me about, uh, it was like a thread or something. And, and I basically said, look, I don't think yoga is a solid choice for preparing for a kettlebell certification. I don't think that should be your primary modality. And this person was a member and wrote me a message, a nasty message and said, you know, I can't believe that you're saying that yoga is bad. And I'm like, Whoa, like, I'm sitting there going, I never said yoga was bad. I just said you should not prepare for a kettlebell certification via yoga. Just like you shouldn't prepare for a yoga, a 700, 800 hour yoga course by doing a bunch of kettlebell work, right? Yeah, I'm just, it, it, I don't know. Is that, am I, am I off kilter here, Brett? No more so than usual. Okay. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, it, and it's, it is uh, the, a little bit of specificity, right? If, if you're going to get ready for a yoga certification, you should, you should, I'd recommend practicing well yoga, um, and, and working with a coach to get ready for, for that certification. Uh, if you're going to do a kettlebell certification, I would recommend using, um, kettlebells and working with a kettlebell idea. coach. Yeah. But shocking. Um, now that's not to say that while you're doing your training with kettlebells and you're focused towards getting that certification, you're not, you can use yoga as a tool to stretch, um, relax, coordinate, uh, yeah, you know, heck yeah. um, a bunch of different things that, that as a restorative tool for the work that you're putting into the kettlebell cert. Mm -hmm. Can you use kettlebell training as a me method of building strength to help support the training that you're doing for the yoga certification doing yoga? Yes. These things can, can work together. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're going to, if, if you want to go get a pickleball certification, you should probably, you know, play pickleball. Um, I don't I'm sure that's coming. I'm sure there's pickleball coaching certifications that are sure coming, coming down the pipe. Um, the, you mentioned about, uh, about coaching. Um, and I was going to say something about it, 
and it just went right out of my head. So maybe It'll it take comes you back. Anywhere. Maybe it doesn't. It was um, probably terrible anyways. Well, as as usual. <laughs> uh, oh, what I was going to say is, you know, ah, there in, it is. in particular with the fitness industry, um, you have a lot of people coming into the fitness industry that have actually never coached anybody. They might have trained, been a student or been an athlete or been coached at some time themselves, uh, but they've actually never coached anybody. Um, I was placed in the position of having to uh, teach and and uh, do things. I was basically an assistant wrestling coach when I was in high school because I was injured and I was helping out and I could spot things. I could see things. Talked about that on, on a recent podcast. Um, when I got into college, I was tr- I was teaching younger people in the program uh, how to evaluate an ankle, how to tape an ankle, how to do PNF exercises for, and I'm going to stick with the ankle here, um, although we did it for many areas. Um, so, you know, I was coaching and teaching from for many, many years, unrelated to being a, a, a in the fitness industry or, or coaching kettlebells or anything like that. But you have a lot of people that enter the fitness industry uh, and they've, they've actually never coached anybody. Um, so putting that time in, uh, is really important. And so when a young coach who actually never coached anybody sees something cool on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the kids are using these days, um, and then they try to go coach it, but they, they're really young in their coaching career. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that that's something to keep in mind. And if you are a younger trainer, or you're somebody that's entered the fitness industry because you had a, a success in your own journey and you wanted to work with people and help them have that same progression, that same journey themselves. Um, awesome. But put your time in yeah, and work with a mentor and, and see how they coach. And that's really, that's really where a mentorship or an internship really uh, kicks in and should be uh, used. Yeah. I mean, that, that is where, um, you know, that is where you learn the most is when you're, you're in the trenches and, um, you can't shortcut that you just, you cannot shortcut. If you want true wisdom, true experience, right. That you can own and, and hopefully pass onto other coaches. There's no shortcut for that. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's something that takes time and effort and, and just attention. And it just, it takes years to do it. And, um, in my opinion, the best coaches in the world are always looking for opportunities to get better. And it may not even be in, in the realm of traditional learning or coaching, right? A lot of, I used to think, Hey, the, the way that I'm going to be a better coach is learning more about energy systems and neurology and, you know, using fancy words, um, but I think the best thing I ever did from a coaching standpoint was work with a therapist. Right. I mean, it, it sounds yeah. really, really silly to some people, but it's like I'm understanding human behavior and people more than ever. And that's the missing link. It wasn't my ability to recite the Krebs cycle. <laughs> it, it was not because no one has asked me that on day one. Like what, you know. So again, I, I, as always, I, I get a little off topic here, but, um, communication is so important. And, and, and I think actually, I know that most coaches don't truly understand how to communicate with their 
uh, with their clients because communication is a skill and not too many people have the ability to just start talking and make sense. But communication is something that can be work can be worked on and it can be developed. And, and I can, I can honestly say that it's one of those skills that'll carry over and transfer to every single aspect of your life. Um, not just coaching, obviously relationships and everything else, but learning how to coach different individuals and having those conversations, right? I mean, coaching is all about, you know, trying to see, in my opinion, being a coach is trying to impact, you know, individuals and see things in themselves that maybe they didn't see before. And that's, that's a big part of coaching, but, um, it's just, it's simply a process and it's a process that takes a long time. It takes a process to be coached because it's, it can be hard sometimes. Hence the story when Brett tore my heart out and in Maine that one weekend, um, uh, sorry, I'm just, uh, just thinking about the, the trips to the, to the crazy house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but my point is, is that look, that was, he, he knew he could say that to me and he knew that he could communicate with me. And, and look, I'm not going to lie at first. I was like, go F yourself, Brett Jones. I would never say that to him again. Um, <laughs> but, but it was what I needed. And that is, that is the importance of a coach and a mentor, right? It's, it's telling people what they, uh, what they need. And, and it may not be something that they want to hear immediately, but, um, I think it's very, very important. And, um, you know, before we sort of get to the tail end of this, there's one thing I want to talk about, cause we were talking about yoga and we were talking about kettlebells. And I think this is what happens. I think so many people identify themselves based off of their preferred training modality that they've lost the ability to step back and actually see that their preferred training modality indeed does have some limiting factors and people just forget about that. And look, I love kettlebells. I'm a huge fan of kettlebells, but there's some things they can and cannot do. Same thing with running and the barbell and yoga and Pilates and bar and all of those other things. Every single thing has a limiting factor and every single thing doesn't mean it's going to be good for the specific adaptation that you're looking for. So I think a big part of it is being able to step back and go, look, what's the best tool for the job. And I truly believe that the best coaches will, will take their athletes through the journey and give them the best tool for the job, not their preferred tool as a coach, because look, we both know there's a lot of people that take kettlebell certifications that go in on a Monday morning and they teach a bunch of people to swing a kettlebell when those individuals may not even be ready to deadlift. And that's just the way it is. So um, it's a learning process. And I think if you're constantly being aware and you're constantly trying to poke holes in what you do, I think it's going to be a nice journey for you as you start to, uh, dig a little bit deeper. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when people used to ask me questions, I used to try to give them an answer. And, uh, one of the things that I've heard from Andy Galpin, one of my, one of my favorite individuals to follow and a lot of the times people will say things and he goes, you're asking the wrong question. And I'm like, I like that because, you know, it's like, you know, what's, what do you think about barbells for power? Okay, cool. Great. But, but, you know, there are other things for power. So maybe you should say, what do you think are the best tools based off of your skill set and experience for power? Then you can start to, you know, coach a little bit more, but, um, there's a lot to it for sure. Um, and, uh, I think it just comes down to experience, communication, awareness, and constantly trying to find ways to improve. And sometimes that's going to be with structured training and structured days and times. And other times it's going to be with fun and goofing off and being a little bit creative, but it's got to be somewhere in the middle. And that's, that's the art and science of coaching. Definitely. Um, yeah. The communication piece cannot be overemphasized. 
Um, it, it is uh, the quote that pings around in my head all the time related to that, which I probably mentioned 10 times is uh, the George Bernard Shaw quote, the biggest illusion in communication is that it's happened. <laughs> um, you think you said something and, and it made sense to the person that you were saying it to. Um, I, I think the another thing to, to do from a coaching standpoint uh, is the brief back, um, kind of a military concept. But uh, once you've told the individual or group what you want them to do, get them to tell you what they heard um, so that you are sure that there's been understanding. You're, you're sure that what the, the goal was and the task is clear. Um, put put uh, individuals in the position of, the, even if they're one of your clients or students, put them in the position of having to coach something. Help a new student, give them, give them part of the warm-up to demonstrate. Give give them part of uh, the workout to to teach. Um, place them in the position of having to use the information in a different way. Um, that's where you start building, you know, somebody who is on their own journey, um, and and you're you're assisting them. Um, you know, we've both worked with people that, uh, you know, they they only do what you tell them to, and you know, once once you're out of the room, they don't know what to do. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I, I want the, I want the people I work with to be educated uh, in this to the point where they don't need me, <laughs> yeah. except except for form corrections and program development and you know things of that nature. But you know, it's assisting them on their journey. And so, brief backs and placing somebody in the position to coach a little bit and and really have to use the information uh, in a different way. Um, also, just good coaching strategies and. And when you do open the gates and you say, okay, show me how you would do this. Like now you're involving that person in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then they're going to come to you with ideas and sometimes some pretty golden ideas come out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So man, we covered a lot. We covered the three C's today, coaching, creativity, and communication. That was uh that was on purpose, wasn't it? It was, it, it was out of um, our meticulously researched and, and like once uh, again, planned. once again, we have, we have gone above and beyond with our, <laughs> our PubMed skills. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, Brett, any words of wisdom before we, uh, we, we wrap this one up? Uh, be kind. Yeah. Even, even if you're trying to provide, you know, there, there's, there's coaches out there who, uh, they take on a harder edge, Right. They're going to be uh, the the accountability person. They're going to be the the drill instructor. They're going to be the and and you know that that all depends on you and the culture you set up. And you know if you if you walk into Pablo Masek's gym in in um, in Croatia, um, Czechia, not Croatia, Czechia, uh, you walk in his gym. It's, it's going to be very martial arts based because that's that's Pavel Masek in a, in a nutshell. Um, you, you walk into, if, if I was running a facility, uh, we'd be a little more relaxed because um, I'm a pretty relaxed guy. I think you have a great culture and situation there in, at, at SOS. Um, so you can you can be the drill instructor. You can be the nice guy, you can, the, the uh, motivating coach, whatever your flavor is. Um, but you can do it and be nice. You, you can have a hard edge. The, the, the iron fist does fit in a velvet glove. You can, you can have a hard edge, but you can be nice. Um, you can be direct and be nice um, until it's time to not be nice. 
I knew the, I, I mean, it was there, the roadhouse, the roadhouse is always there. We should be, we should be sponsored by the new roadhouse. No, actually, no, Connor, no, we're going to, we, we're going to go with, uh, with, with old school, crazy for Swayze, but anyways, 100%. and maybe, maybe one of our future podcasts will be the roadhouse rules applied to, uh, the world of, uh, fitness. I like it. Very good. Well, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Um, once again, Brett and I uh, went off the rails and talked about a bunch of stuff. But if you enjoyed it, do us a favor. <laughs> give us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to or um, share it with a friend who wants to listen to you guys ramble about fitness. <laughs> and then we can go from there. But honestly, um, we do appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.